Welcome to Books in the Freezer, a podcast dedicated to the deliciously disturbing world of horror fiction. I'm your host, Stephanie, and today we are keeping it short and sweet with horror novellas. And joining me today to give some recommendations is the one and only Brandon, or you may know him as Baker Reads on various platforms, including TikTok. So welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's like surreal. Oh, I'm so excited to have you on. And I love getting recommendations from you on TikTok. So I felt like I'm happy this is finally happening. Collab of the century right here. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> when did you start your book talk? Um, I started seriously like in November of 2020. Mm-hmm. So it's like coming up on two years now, which is crazy. Oh, that's wild. Uh, yeah. And it's it's. Every day it overwhelms me. Like I wake up and it's just, it never feels real. And I will probably never get used to it, but I really enjoy it. (laughs) I'm sure your notifications tab is just like perpetually off the rails. I, I, I don't know how people that do this for a living, how they do it. It, It's, I love it and I wouldn't change it, but I I would never want to do it for a living. It's too much. (laughs) fun so what for listeners that are not on tiktok what kind of books do you usually talk about on there um my main genre is horror but i mean i talk about anything dark disturbing unsettling Mm -hmm. um so like literary fiction dark thrillers um sci-fi really anything dark (laughs) so so perfect fit for the show right right definitely (laughs) All right. And we decided to talk about horror novellas today. Yes. Do you have like a hard like if it's over this amount of pages, it's not a novella. Like, do you have a set in your mind like number for like a novella definition? Like my like sweet spot is like around like 150 pages. I think technically, isn't it like what under 200 or something like that? I think that's usually what I have seen and kind of go by like for the reading challenge. I think I cut it off at like 200. Uh, But you're right. 150 is like a good sweet spot. Like that is like the perfect length novella. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I don't know. There's just something about like I've read more novellas this year than I have, I think, any other year combined. And some of my favorite books this year have been novellas like some of the books that I talk about and recommend the most mm-hmm. um I don't know they're just they're addictive <laughs> yeah well it is too you get that like high from like finishing a book and it wasn't like a huge time investment there's just a lot are you a big short story guy I am so short stories too that's another thing I think I've read more short story collections this year than I have any other year <laughs> and I think it's because like there's just been so much going on mm-hmm. um just in my life and then life in general like it's just so easy and like you said satisfying to just like pick up a book and know you're gonna finish a story whether it be a short story or novella or whatever it is it's mm-hmm. it's the best feeling absolutely uh what do you think works about novella length I think especially within horror 
sometimes I feel like certain aspects of horror books can be drawn out a little bit too much, either to create tension or just to like fill the pages, you know what I mean? Uh, but with novellas, you don't really get a whole lot of that. It's just like short, sweet, to the punch. They almost always pack a really big punch. I agree. It's like we kind of get to the point faster. I would say the only time is if they're building kind of a larger mythology. There's not a ton of room to like get into that but I don't know that's usually not something that I have an issue with uh, but I feel like when I'm reading reviews people are like oh like this got introduced but we didn't get a ton of time to dig into it and I'm like this is the medium I'm sorry <laughs> like this is what we're dealing with but no I agree it kind of like it gets to the point it does a good job of like keeping tension for just like the right amount of time and then having that like ending yeah they just got like a like a bite to it you know mm-hmm. yeah do you think there are certain kinds of horror specifically that work best at this length? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I mean, just looking at a couple of the ones that I picked, like two of them, kind of lean into more of like the weird kind of new mm-hmm. horror. Um, so like um, Haley Piper, she's really good at this. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff Vandermeer, the new weird works really mm-hmm. well for this because it's like. I think authors, they have this idea and, you know, it's just really easy to explore with a novella instead of writing a full length story. I agree. So like usually for the episodes, I do like, oh, here's some movies that are like similar and see if you can guess the topic. And so I was really struggling with like how I was going (laughs) to approach like a novella length. So I really had to like go through and find movie adaptations that were originally novellas. And this was really hard to Google. So I had to kind of like (laughs) go through and really think. So if you have anything else to add. Please chime in because this is not an exhaustive list. This is just like. I'll try to think of some. I feel uh, like you got the really big ones. Yeah, well, I was just yeah, I was just going through my Goodreads and I'm like, okay, that that has an adaptation, that has an adaptation. Uh, so I thought, of course, Hellraiser, which was originally The Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker. Okay, and recently I was listening to the Horror Queers episode on it, and apparently. He always wanted to make it a movie, but he just kind of like wrote the novella as like a practice, but he was all it was always going to be a screenplay, which I find wild. Yeah, I didn't know that. But I mean, Clive is in everything like he's done movies, video games, comic books. I mean, there's nothing that man hasn't done. No, but it's just funny because they're different. So it's just interesting to see like he kind of did this and was like, okay, but I'm changing this for when I actually make it a screenplay. So that was just a little fun fact I had never heard before because I feel like I've heard a lot of the fun facts that come with the production of the movie. And that was what I was like, oh, also, You Should Have Left by Daniel Kelman that was made into the like Kevin Bacon, Amanda Seyfried movie that I still have not seen Uh, But it was like a weird book. So I'm kind of wondering how that did as an adaptation because it was kind of like House of Leaves-ish. Okay, yeah, I haven't even heard of that one, I don't think. Oh, really? It's It's a German novel. It's translated into English. And it's like, yeah, like a writer and his wife... Um and their daughter like taking a like vacation in a a cabin in the woods and it's like bigger on the inside than that um uh the mist by stephen king 
I guess like Stand By Me and then uh, Shawshank Redemption, I guess, would fall into that too. Because those are all like the different seasons. The years. I think there's another one. Oh, yeah? Okay, you've read more King than me. So please chime in if you can think of like. (laughs) Yeah. I feel like a lot of his novellas have. Uh, Yeah, The Shawshank Redemption, Rita Hayworth and The Shawshank Redemption. Um, What else? I feel like there's a lot more that I'm not. Yeah, like I know now my brain is like. Like, did like apt is no apt people's like a short story yeah i would not say that's a novella thinking like what are his like novella collections <laughs> like really trying to think through that <laughs> what, what was that one not Atl- atlantis that's in atlantis that's yeah that was four novellas so okay. i think apt people was a part of that wasn't it or no you know what i'm gonna look it up <laughs> you know google let's google this <laughs> yeah (laughs) every time this happens i'm like i know someone's in their car screaming at their like (laughs) (laughs) yeah screaming at their phone like no it's not (laughs) it's part of this collection oh yeah Uh, Uh, hearts in atlantis was a movie with um anthony hopkins and anton mm -hmm. yelrit or yelchin oh my god i missed that guy i don't think i ever saw that and it's one of those where i'm like i want to read it first before watching it yeah thinking we need to do something by max booth it's like another one that got uh adapted recently and audition by ryu murakami i would say is a a big like horror classic yeah (laughs) adaptation but yeah i feel like uh when i put this out for the instagram post i'm like no one is gonna get this i feel like i'm gonna be very surprised if people get this i feel like some people might be able to put together like that's true that is true i also like always underestimate this episode is brought to you by fangoria the world's best horror and cult film magazine since 1979 Listeners can use code Books in the Freezer to get 20% off their order. That includes, of course, merchandise and first time subscriptions and single issues of the magazine. Not only are there tons of articles and interviews about upcoming horror movies, there's a regular segment by Stephen Graham Jones all about slashers called Slasher Nation. So you're going to want a copy. So again, that is code Books in the Freezer. And thank you, Fangoria, for supporting the show. All right. Well, should we get to talking about some books? Yeah. (laughs) All right. I want to start off with kind of a polarizing book, I feel like. Like, this is a book that, like, I think it was one of the first videos that blew up for me. And the comments, the responses were super polarizing on both ends. Um, And this is Things Have Gotten Worse Since We Last Spoke by Eric LaRocca. Where do you fall on this? I I actually really liked it. I feel like... I can't remember my exact review, but I was very much in the field of, like, I enjoyed it, but, like, I get it. Like, I understand a lot of people don't. Like, I feel like there's valid conversations on both sides. But I, for what it was, I I feel like I was not bamboozled. Like, Mm -hmm. I was promised a short, entertaining, easy-to-read book with that you know, with some gross imagery. And I feel Mm -hmm. like it delivered. Yes. Yeah, I definitely, like, when I finished it, I was enthralled the whole time. I feel like it gave me what I wanted, which was, like, an enticing story and the gross body horror. And I'm like, yes, 
it did give me those things. Uh, so if, in case you're not familiar, this follows two women who begin an online relationship based on the listing of an antique apple peeler. And this kind of slowly turns into kind of a strange, like kind of like BDSM relationship. And they just, it just becomes more intense as it goes on. Like the stakes keep getting higher and the things that are demanded of one person just keep like increasing. And it's just like this very toxic, just, I keep saying intense, but like intense uh, relationship. And I mean, it's a short, this is the, sorry, this whole episode, I'm going to be like, I don't know, it's short. I don't want to give it away, but things happen. Uh, There's very like disturbing (laughs) kind of gross stuff. So I would, and I rating wise, I guess I would put it in the freezer or the fridge. Like, I don't know, like a low freezer Hi, fridge. I feel like I really want to talk about it more, but I can't even really talk about like what is gross about it or like <laughs> what it goes into because it is like a hundred pages. Yeah. <laughs> and like mostly dialogue, like not a whole lot. Yes. Of <laughs> so it, it goes, but it goes by so fast because yeah, it is kind of, yeah. you are reading this through like email, like like a aim, like, you know, online conversation with like usernames and stuff. Um. But yeah, it read quick and short. I I feel like I finished it in like a half an hour. Yeah, like, like it was I, such a quick read. It absolutely is. And I am mad at myself because I didn't buy one of the like physical copies like during that first run when it came out with that like iconic yeah, cover art. Um I know like it's included in his new collection, right? Like you've lost a lot of blood. So I will have to get a physical copy of that. But I'm always like, man, like I bought it digitally. Um, so I have it on my Kindle, but I don't have it like on my shelf, but yeah, me too. <laughs> I really liked it. So that is things have gotten worse since we last spoke by Eric LaRocca. Also Eric LaRocca, like title game A plus, I think on all his. Oh, definitely. Oh my gosh. And he's blown up from mm-hmm. that book. Like, have you seen, like, he's got blurbs from Brian Evanson, Paul Tremblay. Oh my God. I'm so, yeah. so happy for him. <laughs> Yeah, like, I I love to watch that happen. I'm like, good. I'm happy. This is, like, getting the recognition you deserve. Definitely. So for my first book, I wanted to talk about a new one that actually just came out, I believe, at the end of September. So just, like, a couple weeks ago. Um, And it's This Is Where We Talk Things Out by Caitlin Marsu. And it's the newest one from, one of the newest ones from Darklit Press. Um, And... It is about this woman who is uh, trying to giving it or kind of giving it one last shot to reconcile things with her mother. They've had a very kind of toxic relationship. There's a theme of toxic relationships, I guess, Uh, (laughs) but very toxic relationship, um, very kind of upsetting stuff it deals with. And um, they decide to take like a girl's trip of sorts to this cabin. Um, And right from the very beginning, you know that things are going to go horribly because like the mom is not telling her daughter like where the cabin is. And she's kind of like, it's fine. You know, I whatever. Like I already have it pulled up like because the the main character wants to send the address to her girlfriend. and so it's kind of like the isolated setting, um, kind of like uh, it's described as like a cross between like um, 
Misery by Stephen King and Sharp Objects by Killian Flynn. Okay, um, okay. Very intense, especially for such like a short novel. Um, yeah, it gets pretty crazy. I really, really enjoyed it. This is going to be one that I talk about a lot. Uh, this is where we talk things out. Um, I would rate as like fridge, kind of bordering on room temperature because it's it's more like unnerving and thrilling rather than like outright terrifying. Um, but yeah, it it definitely will get in your head. And the isolating like isolated setting really helped with the kind of like psychological horror aspect mm-hmm. of the book. So. Highly recommend. <laughs> nice. Okay. Well, adding to cart, I, I somehow had not even heard of this one, but that sounds amazing. Yeah. I I feel like as we go on, the toxic relationship theme will continue. <laughs> right. <laughs> that does. I don't know. I'm like looking through. I'm like, that does seem to be a thing that is present in uh, a lot of these. Yeah, definitely. Well, my next pick is The Laws of the Skies by Gregor Courtois. Um, I'm sorry if that is not like the correct pronunciation. Translated from the French by Rhonda Mullins. And this is a novella about a grade school class that is taking a field trip to go camping. And uh, this it's so like... I don't know, harsh and devastating, but it's like you should be prepared because like the opening of the book was like, this does not have a happy ending. And so I was like, okay, but then you get it and you like see all these kids and like their interactions with each other and you're like, oh, and then you're like, oh, that's right. They told me how this was going to end and that it was not going to be a happy ending. And I don't know why I forgot. Um, it is just thing after thing goes wrong in this trip and it is just i don't know wild like you've got like survival horror you've got kind of like evil kid horror um going on and it's very i don't know i feel like it has a very cold and distant like omniscient narrator that's kind of like up above kind of zooming in with like here's what's going on with these people and like here's why you know this help that was promised never showed up like da 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 like here's all these like things that are falling into place for this just like absolute disaster of a field trip where uh they will be a mass massacre of children <laughs> i feel like a lot of books could be described as devastating but like that book just wrecked me i it affected me so heavily I felt awful after reading that. Yeah. I think my uh, Goodreads review is like, Jesus, like, is France okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it, it's so, so traumatizing. And like you said, the the narration, really, it's like very removed, kind of almost like a campfire story is kind of mm-hmm. what it made me think of, but like a campfire story from hell. Um, and it like breaks the fourth wall and like mm-hmm. kind of talks to you as like a reader. It it really got in my head. Yeah, because it is just like what is happening. Because yeah, the the omniscient narrator is not getting emotionally invested in like any of this. It's just like here's what's happening. This and this. They did this. This happened. You're like, oh, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> and like, I don't want to spoil it, but like, the main bad guy, I guess is a six-year-old so like yeah 
and you're reminded of that fact multiple times. Like the narration is like, you know, yes, he's done like this horrible thing and he he's a child. <laughs> it's just it's just really hammered home like it these is. are children. I don't know. I was going to say they don't read like super realistic, but I don't know that I'm looking for that from my horror novels. I think especially like evil kid horror is really hard to do like in any like realistic <laughs> <laughs> way i say still absolutely devastating though i agree oh no sorry i didn't do rating i would i think i put this in the freezer like i really i think i did this was a five-star read for me um yeah it like ugh. i think you got you got what i'm going for so yeah that is the laws of the skies by gregor courtois translated by Rhonda mullins um but um, for my next book, I wanted to mention another one of my favorite reads of the year so far, um, and it is The Strange Bird by Jeff Vandermeer. Um, and just Jeff Vandermeer in general has been like such a surprise to me this year because like I read Annihilation back in 2018 and that was it. But this year I finished the Southern Reach trilogy, which is phenomenal. Um, I've read Born, both of the Born novels, um, Born and Dead Astronauts. Um, and I feel like I've read another one too. And this book, a Str The Strange Bird, actually takes place in the world of Born. Um, so uh, just to kind of give you like an idea of the setting, it the world of Born is like a distant planet that's run by this biomedical corporation that has kind of become defunct and its experiments have sort of taken over the planet. So um, the strange bird, the titular character in the book, um, is a man-made creature that escapes from its laboratory and it's just wandering the like dead and desolated world that is born. Um, and you don't need to read Born or any of the other books in the series. It's kind of like a standalone novel. It would help to read the other books it would kind of give you like just some context of the world um but it's just about like this character that is traveling the, again this just dead nightmare world it knows nothing about the world it's kind of like a child it's just like adapting it's kind of learning things as it goes along um and yeah it was it, it's like kind of a mix between um i would say like one of those like hybrid books it's like sci-fi and then like new weird and like a little bit of like a cosmic aspect i guess um but just so so good and jeffrey Anamir does that so well in my opinion um but yeah i would say um this is probably a room temperature book uh but again it's it's very bleak um, if any of you guys have read or heard of the book, um, The Painted Bird by Jerzy Kaczynski, I have heard that that was what inspired this book. And they basically have like the same plot lines. So, and The Painted Bird is about a boy that is wandering the Polish countryside during World War II. This is about like a created creature wandering this dead world. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, d definitely not a feel good book. 
I was not happy. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think any of ours are. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, it's a running theme with the books we talk about. It's like, oh my god, I felt like crap. I was crying in the corner. Five stars. <laughs> <laughs> crying throwing up love it <laughs> right <laughs> okay well my last pick is one that i think yeah it came out this year it is below by laurel hightower this is a novella from ghoulish books which is like max booth the third's um like imprint like publishing company and i really liked this this one really surprised me i read it at the beginning of the year and even then I was like this is going to be a standout book for me for the year like this is going to make it for sure on my year-end favorites um so I'm glad I finally I thought she was I, I can't remember the exact place, but I know that she was just going through a divorce. Yes. And she was traveling cross country to kind of like prove it to her ex. Like I can mm-hmm. do this and I don't need you. Yeah. So she's traveling somewhere, but there's treacherous driving conditions. And as someone who has like really big driving anxiety, just like the descriptions of like driving in this weather and she stops at a truck stop. And is like thinking about like, do I want to keep going? Because this is one of those things she's proving to her ex-husband is like, look, like I can do it. I can handle this. I can push through this storm. But just like her anxiety, like at that scene where she's like thinking about getting back in her car. I was like, like, (laughs) I feel this. I feel this as someone who like hates driving in bad weather. Honestly, even good weather. Right. Stressed me out. (laughs) (laughs) But at this truck stop, she meets a truck driver who kind of sees that she is a little shaken up and he kind of goes over her they they talk and establish a rapport and he gives her a um an extra radio that he had on hand so that they can talk and he's like you know just follow me like i'll like keep tabs on you and we'll just kind of like you know go until we need to part ways like no big and she's like okay like sure like that sounds fine and it is fine for a bit the storm is a little crazy and she uh sees that he is struggling and eventually just kind of like jackknifes and goes over the guardrail and just like his whole truck disappears down a steep hill and she's like oh my god and so she's kind of at this crossroads like what do i do like am i i'm kind of obligated to go down there and like see what's going on right or should i just keep going and just try to get like myself to safety and like kind of go somewhere because she has no signal either so she's like should I go somewhere where there's signal try to like call someone to come or should I go down myself right that descent scene was one of the freakiest things that I have ever read not even joking or exaggerating it full body chills (laughs) absolutely like there's so much and the way this goes from like psychological horror to kind of survival horror to like other kinds of horror also possibly creature horror mothman wink wink um (laughs) the it's just it went through like all these things so smoothly and there's just and it's basically i mean after a certain scene it's almost a one-person novel it's just kind of her in her internal monologue and she like keeps hearing her like ex-husband's voice in her head uh but it's like extremely thrilling for just like a almost solely one person novel 
and it has like a couple twists and turns like Mm -hmm. complete plot twists that I was like wait a second (laughs) wait what yeah Yeah, I remember being like excuse me yeah like you know how like in Goosebumps there was like always a cliffhanger at the edge of a chapter or the end of a chapter this happened in this book very often and I I loved it so much I I flew through yes and it is like there's a lot because I think despite all of this like it being such a plot heavy like a very good fast moving plot book you're also so invested in her and her personal growth and her like getting over this divorce and this relationship and like proving her independence like you as the reader are so like on board for this and you're like yeah you can do it <laughs> like it really balances all those things so well so that has been a standout book for me that is below by Laurel Hightower. Ooh, rating-wise, I would say Fridge. It's very thrilling. Like, I would say, like, I I was very into it, could not put it down. Uh, Did not give me nightmares, but... Yeah, out of all of these, this is probably the most (laughs) feel-good of all the books that I'm mentioning. Like, it's not like, this is going to rip your soul out and stomp on it. Like, Right. (laughs) Laurel Hightower is really good at that, though. Like, her other book crossroads Mm -hmm. oh my gosh so good so good it's like uh the main character um right from the very beginning you know that she lost her son and she's visiting his grave and while visiting his grave something happens and she realizes that she might be able to see him again Mm -hmm. so it's kind of about this woman's journey and like chronicling what all she would do to see her son again and I, I mean, I cried. I, I had a very good cry at the end, but like teared up basically the whole time. It, yeah, so good. So many feelings. And like genuinely scary too. Oh man, that's been on my list for forever. I don't know why I haven't read it yet. Cause it's also like, I think under a hundred pages. Like it's a short, a short novel. Um, and I'm a big audiobook person, and I was telling you earlier, the audiobook is on Hoopla now, and I'm pretty sure with it being under 100 pages, it's probably a pretty short audiobook uh, for when I just want to be a little devastated while I'm <laughs> going about my day driving somewhere. I, I actually read it uh, while me and my fiance were driving, like we were going on a road trip, and like we we pulled over at a rest stop and like, I just kind of sat in the car just bawling because I'm like, (laughs) like, Oh my gosh, what happens? Like if I lose you and like, I would do the same things. And he's like, you need to calm down. Like we need to go get this done. (laughs) So We're going to get you some tissues. We are going (laughs) to compose ourselves. Also, I am very jealous that you can read in moving vehicles. Like that is a superpower. I wish I had, I am, yeah jealous (laughs) well with that book so I had started it that morning before we left and like I had to kind of like read 10 pages and then like stare straight ahead for a solid Mm -hmm. five minutes and then yeah but uh I can't do it all the time but like for books like that I just can't I have to like get every spare second (laughs) that's good yeah Uh, I have to read it. I mean, I will like scroll through my phone and read like Instagram captions and get like dizzy and nauseous. And I'm like, oh, (laughs) got to put my phone down. (laughs) Like I have a very low tolerance for uh, reading in cars, unfortunately. 
I've seen those like glasses that kind of <laughs> look like those like drunk driving simulator glasses and <laughs> they like go around your whole head. I I think it's worth the investment. <laughs> I might try it. As silly yeah, as silly as that is, I might. We take a lot of road trips to visit my in laws and it is like a nine hour drive. So if I if I could get some reading done, <laughs> that would be lovely. <laughs> yeah, those glasses look ridiculous, but I'm kind of tempted. I'm a little bit tempted. Although I did get those, um, I don't know if you've seen like those glasses um, where you can like lay down and read. So it's like they have like this like aperture thing Mm -hmm. angles down. Um, That actually makes me feel car sick. Like I get motion sickness from doing that. And then I read an article that like I, some people like you can have like a heart attack or something oh god no (laughs) so not worth it (laughs) yeah so maybe pass on those but well especially since we read so much horror it's like i don't need to be at an extra risk for this definitely (laughs) (laughs) for my last pick um i was going to mention and then i woke up by malcolm delvin um but like the whole kind of thing with this book is like go into it as blind as possible. So like, all you need to know is that it is a zombie book, unlike any zombie book you've probably ever read before. Um, One of the biggest plot twists I've ever read in a book. And especially considering it's like, what, like 150 pages long, like complete 180. I, I, I literally put the book down, walked in and told my fiance like, this just happened and he's like okay i don't really understand it but wow that sounds intense <laughs> so um but yes do highly recommend and then i woke up by malcolm delvin um but i think for my last pick i'll mention the worm and his kings by Haley piper um this is one that i read pretty recently it's about a woman uh, it takes place like in the 90s in new york city and she's homeless, which I thought was interesting. I don't think I've ever read a book from the POV of a homeless character before. Um, but she is looking for her girlfriend, Donna. And um, after, like, a couple other women disappear, she thinks that something, some monster or something has taken her girlfriend and the other women into the New York subway system or to like the depths of the city. And she decides that she is going to track them down. And that's what she does. And this book, I mean, I I never could have predicted where this was going to end up. It reminded me a lot of like how Jeff Vandermeer writes, like kind of like it delves into like that new weird kind of like, um, you know, when you're like reading dream sequences and you're mm-hmm. like, I have absolutely no idea what's going <laughs> on, but like I'm vibing. Yeah. Um, that was like most of this whole book. <laughs> um, and it was so good or, or most of the end anyway. But um, yeah, it's very good. Another one of those books that kind of like is a mashup of lots of other different sub genres and um, has like a lot of different. There's just a lot going on in this book. And um, it it didn't have the biggest scare factor again. I would probably rank it as like room temperature again. Um, But especially towards the end, there were some like cosmic aspects that gave me a headache and kind of made me like question 
my life as a person <laughs> like one of those like what am i doing here like do we exist like what is reality type of situations but yes very good and also very highly recommend all of the books that i think we both talked about have been five star reads for me um i get some of the best books i've read this year have been novellas so yeah they are they just pack that emotional punch and you're right about the a dream like nightmare sequence feeling of the worm and his kings because she she kind of like gets to a point where she like goes into this thing and she has to like descend to different levels and then like on each level there's like something wild and i'm like what is going on like it it has that nightmare like nothing is making sense but i feel a sense of dread right exactly (laughs) and there was actually so i saw um i don't know if you've seen everything everywhere all at once not yet so there's an aspect of this book that i was like oh my god this is just like everything everywhere all at once so if you like that movie you might like this book Ooh, okay yeah yeah i had such a hard time picking my picks for this episode because I wanted to do books I don't feel like I've talked about recently at least because I feel like I do at least a novella every episode so it was like I was going through it and I'm like I love this one but I'm like I just mentioned that one or like I love this one too I'm like I mentioned that one pretty recently too so there's just uh, there's a ton that we're not mentioning like the um rewind or die series oh uh, I haven't that's on- read those what no yeah <laughs> uh, that they're all like on kindle unlimited and it's it's kind of like the prompt is give it that like video store feeling of horror but it's like cirque berserk by jessica guys like transmuted by eve harms oh yeah 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 so they're not like a story you don't need to read them in any kind of order they are all like their own separate stories it's just kind of like what these authors are doing with that prompt and like Haley Piper has one that I'm reading right now that's like Halloween themed where it's like uh, Benny Rose the Cannibal King okay yeah that's on my TVR so just like all those are novellas and they fall under this category but I feel like the ones I've read I mention quite often (laughs) so I wanted to like give them a break but still kind of mention them at the end like if you haven't picked those up absolutely do I feel like honestly just going through Kendall Unlimited you're gonna find a ton of great horror novellas like there is a treasure trove definitely on there like i've read four four i think recently like i know saculina by philip Percasi. that's like a really good deep sea horror i know that's on kendall unlimited um it kind of reminded me of the deep by nick cutter if you've read Hmm. that yeah kind of the same it's not underwater it's like on a ship but that same kind of isolated vibe that that book gave off um the visitor by sergio gomez mm-hmm. i believe is how you say his name that yeah. was a really fun one like christmas horror yeah um very good and then uh the cockroach king is another one i cannot remember the author andrew call uh that was a fun one if Ooh. you want to feel itchy <laughs> it's all about cockroaches and stuff I just watched Mimic, which is like... Oh my gosh, yeah. I haven't seen those in forever. (laughs) They're on HBO Max. Um, I mentioned it in the last episode, but I'm doing Hooptober, which is like a movie challenge done through Letterboxd 
for October and it's kind of like you have to watch 31 movies and they're like, you know, do eight different, six different countries, eight different decades, two insect horror films. Like, and so it's like these very specific, like, you know, watch five movies by these directors and you can kind of like mix and match, like do, you know, all five Cronenberg or like, you know, two Cronen- two Cronenberg, three Ty West, you know, like however you want to split it up. Um, so it was the two insect centered. So I watched The Fly for the first time and I watched Mimic. I feel like it was a good double feature. Which fly? Did the one uh, with the Jeff, Bloom? The yeah, the re- the <laughs> the remake. Has there been a remake after it? It's a remake of like the '50s one, right? Yeah, that's the. Uh, there might be, but I I've only seen. I saw the original one like way back, but then I've obviously seen the Goldblum one. Yeah, it was the Jeff Goldblum one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I double counted that as my Cronenberg. Okay. So you know, I had to like get creative. <laughs> But yeah, oh, it was like another one. Rolling in the Deep, which is the prequel to Into the Drowning Deep. Because like Into the Drowning Have you read Into the Drowning Deep? I have, and I really enjoyed it. But um, it doesn't the uh, Rolling in the Deep, it takes place or it follows like the first expedition, right? Yes. Yeah, because Into the Drowning Deep, for people that haven't read it, is like there was an, a documentary expedition crew that was going to make this mockumentary about mermaids and they all went missing and just kind of left behind this footage. And so Into the Drowning Deep starts with the second voyage that's going out to kind of investigate what happened. So Rolling in the Deep follows the first crew that went and went missing. So you go into it knowing that bad stuff is going to go down, which I think going into horror is not a bad thing. No, no. I think that's a reasonable assumption to make anyway, (laughs) but there's something about when it's like directly stated to you (laughs) that kind of like ups the stakes or ups the game a little bit. Yeah. Um, Also, I call upon thee by Anya Alborn. I really liked. Oh my gosh. So good. And, and her other one in that same collection, um, the pretty ones. Have you read that one? Mm -hmm. That one was. I thought about adding that one. I thought about using that one. Yeah. Anya Alborn is in a league of her own in my opinion one of my Uh, all-time favorite horror authors yeah she i've read like i would say a handful from her and i've mostly enjoyed what i've read so i need to like finish up i know i haven't read brother which is like her her heavy hitter her top one that everyone talks about Um, but i really liked within these walls i think i call upon they might be my favorite and then i think within these walls is like a close second I Call Upon Thee was just so effective. Mm -hmm. Like, especially with, like, how Anya Alburn writes. Like, she's so, like, punchy. And, Mm -hmm. like, she doesn't mince her words in the first place. Uh, It was so, so freaky. Yeah, I really liked that. Yeah, I don't know. There is just a ton of horror novellas. I was, like, going through my Goodreads. I'm like, there's too many. I can't just sit here and, like, name them all. There's a lot. Um... But Brandon, on this show, we have two traditions. One of them is to talk about a chilling obsession, which is something in horror that we've been enjoying lately. So what is your chilling obsession? Um, well, most recently, um, I feel like it's kind of horror adjacent, but there's a short story collection um, that's called How High We Go in the Dark by Sequoia Nagamatsu. Um, it kind of reads like... Um, episodes of black mirror Ooh, okay. uh, 
and it like follows um it's a, like a series of interconnected um short stories all about this climate plague that has just like decimated the world and um it, it's just it's so emotional and um I, a couple of the stories made me cry like there's one story um and this is like the one that i think most people talk about it's about a euthanasia roller coaster so it's a uh, theme park oh. Oh. where dying children parents will bring their dying children to this theme park and kind of just have like one last hurrah because like children all over the world are dying so it's like why not make them have a happy death so they go on this roller coaster and it's like so fast or like so the momentum is so strong that it stops their heart and i oh my god it was so heart-wrenching um and then there's like another story about like a pig a talking pig uh that again just ripped my heart out it, it's it's sad kind of literary fiction but very horrific very genre bending um and i i highly highly recommend it i have a lot of questions about that euthanasia park Ugh. oh my gosh and it it's like the the main character that that story follows is kind of just like he was supposed to be a comedian and then he's kind of like going to that euthanasia park to kind of find a purpose in life and it's like he is like the ride operator that like presses the button basically that uh, kills these children uh, uh, um such a complicated story <laughs> yeah uh, I have a lot of feelings just hearing this synopsis of this story. Like I'm, I'm literally tearing up just talking about it. It is so horrific and so heavy. Oh, wow. I will have to check that out. But no, my other obsession is, um, Nope directed by Jordan Peele. You've seen it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I I've only seen it the one time, but I think I'm going to buy it when it comes out. Um, I have seen obviously a lot of people talking about it. I there is one scene, and I don't want to spoil it for those that haven't seen it, but I I don't think another scene in a horror movie has affected me more than that scene. And there's like two or three scenes that I could be talking about, but like one in particular, like I saw it with my parents and my fiance, and after that scene, we all kind of just looked at each other like what the hell was that? <laughs> it was so chilling. I just loved it so much. <laughs> I was going to ask, I'm like, is it a scene involving an audience? But I'm like, that doesn't narrow it down. There's like a few, but, <laughs> a few horrifying oh, yeah. scenes that involve that. It's the one with Steven Yoon. Um, He's in both of the scenes that I'm talking about. Oh my gosh. Yes, you're right. <laughs> um, Okay, it's, it's. I think I got. I get where you're going with outside that. Outside. Yeah. Okay. Like yes. Horse. Yes. The sounds. I. I don't. I think it was the sounds like yeah. that really got to me. Uh, but there was. I was not expecting it. And the other scene that you were talking about with the other audience, that too, was just so disturbing. Like it very much disturbed me, and I had nightmares for both of the scenes. But wow, I. It was. I, I love Jordan Peele so much. I yeah. I love him. <laughs> yes. I like rented it on demand. Um, and I watched it like downstairs, like a glass of wine and my cat. <laughs> but like when that happened, I stared over at her like she was going to have some kind of reaction. I'm like, are you watching this? Right. 
just totally uninterested like i don't i don't know what you're talking about but i'm like it's a lot <laughs> stuff just happened i i i, did, I wasn't expecting it no Get Out and Us both had, like, very unnerving sequences, but Nope was straight up disturbing at times, which I, I again, just was not expecting, but I loved every second of it. Yeah, I think my favorite is the rain on the house. Like, just the visual imagery, just the way that was done, I'm like, damn. And the sounds, too. Oh, yeah. The sound design on that, I give it A+. (laughs) A-plus sound design. Yes. And it was so funny too. Like, um, I can't remember the main character. Um, Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer, yeah. But I'm like, what is her name? It's like, yeah. But she was so hilarious, and just like the banter back and forth. Like, if it wasn't for that, I mean, it would probably be one of the most disturbing movies that I've ever seen. Yes, like, I loved her. If it yeah, had, she had like a Dunkirk score or something like that. <laughs> like something very somber. Like if Hans Zimmer scored this, like. <laughs> It would probably be like on everyone's like top 10 most disturbing movies. <laughs> uh, yes. I Jordan Peele does that so well. I think though, like balancing out like funny dialogue that like cuts the tension because her kind of back and forth with her brother, like they have such a good relationship, like an interesting dynamic. And then the Circuit City guy that gets brought in, like he just adds like a whole nother like <laughs> yeah. element. And, Angel, like, I think is Angel, his name. Angel, yes. Yeah, (laughs) such a good movie. I I've seen both. I've probably seen us more than any other horror movie. And then like Get Out is a close second. But I mean, once I get that DVD, oh, my gosh, I'm going to wear it out. It's going to go up the ranks. (laughs) Uh huh. Uh, So good. My chilling obsession is this week I watched the new Hellraiser on Hulu. Have you seen it? I haven't. I'm so excited. What's the new Hellraiser's name um, or Penhead's name? Jamie Clayton. Jamie Clayton. Yeah. Uh, she's very good. So I I won't give like a ton away, but it did the thing with reboots that I like where it takes this property. It's kind of like paying homage to things, but it's taking the lore in like a new direction. So like this time with like the configuration it's like there's seven configurations that you're getting it into and like it doesn't have to be the same person doing each configuration and it's like taking different people like it gets into like a whole different like way with it where it kind of goes into you know like it's coming after multiple people for each like change of the box and i don't know that's exciting it's very like i was like okay like that's different and interesting and it gave me what I wanted, which was, like, cool Clive Barker-esque, like, death scenes. Like, give me people getting, like, hit up with chains and, like, dragged into another torture dimension. Like, that's what I'm looking for. <laughs> right. And uh, oh, and her still... voice, though. Oh, yes. my gosh. Oh, my gosh. There's a scene where, she, like, that scene that you see in the trailer, she, like, takes one of the pins out of her head. And I'm like, yes, perfect, perfect. Like, all the kisses, all the kisses. <laughs> yeah. Do you know if Clive Barker was actually, like, involved in the making of this in any way? I don't know if he was involved. I know it was directed by David Bruckner, who did um, The Night House, which I also, like, enjoyed. Okay. Yeah, so I don't know. Um, probably for being Clive Barker purist, it could have been a little hornier. 
like a little sexier. <laughs> like seductive -y and like yearning. Yeah. And <laughs> a little more of that. It could have used a bit more horniness, but I would say like if you're looking for like a horror movie with like, I don't know, cool deaths and like an interesting lore, I'd say it's not, not a bad way to spend an evening. Okay. Cool. I'm very excited. I'm probably going to watch it sometime this weekend. Yes. Probably tomorrow. Yeah. You'll have to let me know what you think of it. Like, I, I want a DM. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. And then our last tradition is to ask our guests what their final girl song would be. And I am very excited about yours. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the first one that came to mind, which, like, I think in the concept or the concept context of the album it doesn't work um but it's um sun bleach flies by ethel kane um and you're a fan i'm a huge fan like i have been this is probably gonna be okay i'm outing myself as a big like swifty here so taylor swift's new album midnights hasn't dropped yet but so far this is my top album of the year preacher's daughter wow yeah i i I've enjoyed the album as a whole, um, but Sun Bleach Flies is probably my most played song on Spotify. I love it so much. I mean, it's kind of funny because, like, obviously I read, like, horror and really messed up stuff, but I love, like, pop music and, like, very hopeful mm -hmm. music. And this is, like, so beautifully done. Uh, but, like, what I said earlier, maybe it's not the best Final Girl song because, like, in the context of the album um she's dead yeah so she meets a man who happens to be like a cannibalistic psychopath killer mm -hmm. and she dies <laughs> and then sun bleach flies she kind of like goes back to her hometown and she kind of like reflects on her life and like her very um complicated relationship with religion um but the overall like I overarching theme was like forgiveness and moving on and it it just has a very hopeful sound um and I it's just so beautiful I love it it, is. <laughs> it those two last tracks like post her death are so devastating for different reasons but yeah like in sun bleach flies when she's like i'd give anything to like spend one more sunday in church i'm like oh my gosh i'm like crying <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> like it gives me chills just thinking about yeah. it and her voice it's like so haunting and just mm -hmm. like oh gosh resonance and oh yeah nothing like it I think my top two, I, House in Nebraska is probably my most played because I love a breakup song. Like, I love, like, a, I miss you so much. I, like, can't go on a breakup song. I say this as someone who's been, like, married for, like, a decade. <laughs> but I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> that is, like, my favorite genre of song is, like, devastated post-breakup, like, mournful ballad. <laughs> um, <laughs> that and then... Uh, I think maybe Family Ties might be my my second. It's got like a very gothic-y feel to it. Okay. Yeah, when I was describing her to my fiance, I was like, she's kind of like Lana Del Rey, but yeah. like not as like, I don't know, grungy, <laughs> I guess. Grungy, not in a bad way, but like, you know, Lana's like more about like drugs and you know, I'm a city girl and all this. And this just has that same kind of haunting voice that Lana has. But, um, oh, my gosh. 
it, it, it's just so unique. Mm -hmm. So I am so excited to put Ethel Kate on, on the playlist because this this album was my chilling obsession, I think, like three episodes ago. So I feel like I have not I have not shut up about it since. Uh, so, yeah, I am very excited to do that. It's worth it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Brandon, thank you so much for coming on here and talking to me about some horror novellas. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. I feel like it was fun. bound to happen eventually. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Where can people find you online? Um, on um, TikTok and Instagram at Baker Reads. Um, yeah pretty much it <laughs> yes definitely if you're on tiktok and you for some reason are not following brandon for book recommendations i highly recommend it uh just like a ton of recommendation videos curated to like all kinds of recommendations so recommend <laughs> i have a lot of fun doing it Books in the Freezer is a bi-weekly podcast. We post episodes every other Tuesday. You can find us on Twitter at Books Freezer Pod, on Instagram at Books in the Freezer, on TikTok at Books in the Freezer, or you can send us an email at booksinthefreezer at gmail.com. If you're looking for a way to support Books in the Freezer, there are a few ways to do that. Uh, the easiest of which being leaving a review on a site like Apple Podcasts or Spotify, um, or sharing about the podcast on social media, small stuff like that. Word of mouth is huge for small indie podcasts like this. Another way to help the podcast is to utilize the affiliate links that will be listed in the show notes. Also becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash books in the freezer. There are three different tiers of support. There's options for annual payments, uh, but you can check and see what perks are offered at the different levels from early episode releases to group chats to movie nights, bonus episodes, the whole deal. So go ahead and check that out at patreon.com slash books in the freezer if that sounds interesting to you. I'm Stephanie. You can find me on Twitter at lady underscore Ganya. That's L-A-D-Y underscore G-A-G-N-O-N or on Instagram at that's what she read. And that is that's with two A's. Thank you so much for listening and see you next time on Books in the Freezer. Books in the Freezer.